chapter thirty of the maid of scar this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the maid of scar by r d blackmore chapter thirty on duty there are many people who cannot enter into my meaning altogether this i have felt so often that now i may have given utterance to it once or possibly twice before if so you will find me consistent wholly and quite prepared to abide by it in all substantial things i am clearer than the noonday sun itself and to the very utmost farthing righteous and unimpeachable money i look at now and then when it comes across me and i like it well enough for the sake of the things it goes for but as for committing an action below the honour of my family and ancestors who never tuned their harps for less than a mark a night also and best of all my own conscience a power that thumps all night like a ghost if i have not strictly humoured it for me to talk of such things seems almost to degrade the whole of them therefore if any one dreams in his folly that i would play the spy upon that great house over the river i have no more to say except that he is not worthy to read my tale i regard him with contempt and loathe him for his vile insinuations such a man is only fit to take the place of a spy himself and earn perhaps something worth talking of if his interests let him talk of it for taking friendly observation of narnton court for its inmates sake i was to have just five shillings a week it became my duty now to attend to the getting out of the limestone and i fetched it up with a swing that shook every leaf of the rose of devon fuzzy attempted to govern me but i let him know that i would not have it and never knocked under to any man and if parson chowne had come alongside i would have said the same to him nevertheless as an honest man i took care to earn my money though less than the value of one good suin or at any rate of a fine turbo each week no craft of any sort went up or down that blessed river without my laying perspective on her if there chanced to be light enough or if she slipped along after dark which is not worth while to do on account of the shoals and windings there was i in our little dinghy not so far off as they might imagine and i could answer for it even with disdainful chowne looking down through me that nothing larger than a row-boat could have made for narnton court but i have not said much of the river as yet and who can understand me this river bends in graceful courtesies to the sweet land it is leaving and the hills that hold its birth also with a vein of terror at the unknown sea before it back it comes when you grieve to think that it must have said good-bye for ever 
such a lovely winding river with so many wilful ways silvery shallows and deep rich shadows where the trees come down to drink also beautiful bright green meadows sloping to have a taste of it and the pleaches of bright sand offered to satisfy the tide and the dark points jutting out on purpose to protect it many rivers have i seen nobler grander more determined yet among them all not one that took and led my heart so had i been born on its banks or among the hills that gaze down over it what a song i would have made to it although the bardic inspiration seems to have dropped out of my generation yet will it return with fourfold vigour probably in bunny's children if she ever has any that is to say of the proper gender for the thumb of a woman is weak on the harp and bunny's only aspiration is for ribbons and lollipops which must be beaten out of her however my principal business now was not to admire this river but watch it and sometimes i found it uncommonly cold and would gladly have had quite an ugly river if less attractive to white frosts and what with the clearing of our cargo and the grumbling afterwards and the waiting for sailing orders and never getting any and the setting in of a sudden gale which but for me must have capsized us when her hold was empty as well as some more delays which now i cannot stop to think of the middle of october found us still made fast by stem and stern in barnstaple river at dead man's pill parson chowne who never happened to neglect a single thing that did concern his interests any more than he ever happened to forget an injury twice or thrice a week he came mounted on his coal-black mare to know what was going on with us i saw for i am pretty sharp though not pretending to vie with him as no man might who had not dealt in a wholesale mode with the devil i saw though the clumsy understrappers meant me not to notice it that bethel jose our captain was no more than a slave of the parson's this made clear to me quite a lump of what had seemed hopeless mysteries touching my poor self to begin with chowne knew all about me of course by means of this dirty fuzzy also fuzzy's silence now and the difficulty of working him with any number of sheets in the wind which had puzzled both newton and nottage and the two public-houses at porthcall and might have enabled him to marry even a farmer's widow with a rabbit worn and three hundred and fifty pounds to dispose of and a reputation for sheep's milk cheese and herself not bad-looking in spite of a beard i could see and could carry home the truth having thoroughly got to the bottom of it and might have a chance myself to settle if i dealt my secret well with some of the women who had sworn to be single until that fuzzy provoked them so this consideration added more than can be now described to my desire to get home before any one got in front of me but fuzzy from day to day pretended that the catch was not victualled to sail any more than she was even ballasted 
she must load with hay or with bricks or pottery or with something to fill her hold and pay freight or what was to fill our bellies all the way back and so on and so on until i was sure that he had some dark reason for lingering there of course i had not been such a pure fool in spite of short seasons for going from home as to forget my desire and need to come home after proper interval the whole of the parish would yearn for me and so would ewenny and lalliston long ere the christmas cod comes in and i made a point in my promises to be back before gunpowder treason and plot as a thoroughly ancient hand at the cannon i always led the fireworks and the pope having done something violent lately they were to be very grand this year what is a man when outside his own country a prophet a magistrate even a sailor who has kept well in with his relations all his old friends are there longing to praise him when they hear of good affairs and as to his enemies a man of my breadth of nature has none this made it dreadfully grievous for me not to be getting home again and my heart was like a sprouted onion when i thought of bardie bunny would fight on i knew and get converted to the church in the house of our churchwarden and perhaps be baptized after all which my wife never would have done to her however i did not care for that because no great harm could come of it and if the primitives gave her ribbons the church would be bound to grant honiton lace thinking of all my engagements and compacts and serious trusteeships and the many yearnings after me i told bethel jose in so many words that i was not a black man but a white man unable to be trampled on and prepared unless they could show me better to place my matter in the hands of his worship no less than the mayor of barnstaple fuzzy grinned and so did ike and finding the mare sitting handsomely upon the very next market-day i laid my case before him his worship as keeping a grocer's shop at which i had bought three pounds of onions and a quarter of a pound of speckled cheese and a half an ounce of tobacco was much inclined to do me justice and indeed began to do so in a loud and powerful voice and eager for people to hearken him but somebody whispered something to him containing no doubt the great parson's name and he shrank back into his hole and discharged my summons like a worm with lime laid on his tail such things are painful yet no man must insist upon them hardly because our ancestors got on among far greater hardships and it would prove us a bad low age if we turned sour about them we are the finest fellows to fight that were ever according to providence we ought to be thankful for this great privilege as i mean to show by and by and i would not shake hands with any man who for trumpery stuff would dare to make such a terrible force internal this grand soundness of my nature led me to go under orders though acquit of legal contract only seeking to do the right while receiving the money beforehand now this created a position of trust for it involved a strong confidence in one's honour any man paying me beforehand places me at a disadvantage which is hardly fair of him i do not like to refuse him because it would seem so ungraceful 
and yet i can never be sure but that i ought to take consideration not to dwell too much upon scruples which scarcely any one else might feel and no other man can enter into be it enough that my honour now was bound to do what was expected but what a hardship it was to be sure to find myself debarred entirely from forming acquaintance or asking questions or going into the matter in my own style especially now that my anxiety was quickened beyond bearing to get to the bottom of all these wonders about sir philip bampfylde what had led him to visit me what was he seeking on braunton burrows for now i knew that it must be he why did parson chowne desire to keep such watch on the visitors to narnton court by water while all the world might pass into or out of the house by land or did the parson keep other people watching the other side of the house and prevent me from going near them lest we should league together to cheat him this last thing seemed to be very likely and it proved to be more than that revolving all this much at leisure in the quiet churn of mind i pushed off with my little dinghy from the side of the rose of devon when the evening dusk was falling somewhere at october's end this little boat now seemed to be placed at my disposal always although there used to be such a fuss and turn for turn in taking her now the glance of light on water and the flowing shadows keeping humour with the quiet play of evening breezes here a hill and there a tree or rock to be regarded while the strong influx of sea with white wisps traced the middle channel and the little nooks withdrawn under gentle promontories took no heed of anything when the moon came over these dissipating clouds and moving sullen mists aside her track i found it uncommonly difficult to be sure what i was up to the full moon lately risen gazed directly down the river but memory of daylight still was coming from the westward feeble and inclined to yield what business was all this of mine god makes all things to have turn and i doubt if he ever meant mankind to be always spying into it ever so much better go these things without our bother and our parson said being a noble preacher and fit any day for the navy that the people who conquered the world according to the prophet joel twentieth after trinity never noticed nature never did consult the lord of hosts and yet must have contented him difficult questions of this colour must be left to parsons who beat all lawyers out and out in the matter of pure cleverness because the latter never can anyhow but the former somehow with the greatest ease reconcile all difficulties the only business i have to deal with is what i bodily see feel and hear and have mine to go through with and work out to perfect satisfaction and this night i found more than ever broke upon my wits before except when muzzle gapes at muzzle and to blow or be blown up depends upon a single spark because now in my quiet manner growing to be customary under parson chowne's regard 
dipping oars i crossed the river making slant for running tide that man knowing everybody who might suit his purpose had employed me rather than old ikey or even fuzzy partly because i could row so well and make no sound in doing it while either of them with muffled rowlocks would splash and grunt to be heard across river and half-way to barnstaple bridge almost as silently as an owl i skimmed across the silent river not with the smallest desire to spy but because the poetry of my nature came out strongly and having this upon me still i rowed my boat into a drooping tree overhanging a quiet nook here i commanded the river front of all that great house narnton court which stands on the north side of the water over against our dead man's pill after several voyages under sundry states of light and weather this was now proved to me as the very best point of observation for all the long and straggling house quite big enough for any three of the magistrates houses on our side could have been taken and raked as it were like a great ship with her stern to me from the spot where i lay hidden such a length it stretched along with little except the west end to me and a show of front windows dark and void and all along the river terrace and the narrow spread of it overlooking the bright water pagan gods or wicked things just as bad all standing however that was not my business if the gentry will forego the whole of their christianity they must answer for themselves when the proper time appears only we would let them know that we hold aloof from any breach of their commandments a flight of ten wild ducks had been seen coming up the river every now and then as well as fourteen red caps and three or four good wisps of teal having to see to my victualling now as well as for the sport of it i loaded the parson's two-foot pistol which was as good as a gun almost with three tobacco-pipes full of powder poured into each barrel and then a piece of an ancient hat which ikey had worn so long that no man could distinguish it from wadding and upon the top of the hat three ounces of leaden pellets and all kept tight with a good dollop of oakum it must kill a wild duck at forty yards or a red cap up to fifty if i hit the rogues in the head at all the tide must have been pretty nigh the flood and the moon was rising hazily and all the river was pale and lonely for the brown sail lighters which they call the tauten fleet had long passed by when i heard that silvery sound of swiftness cleaving solitude the flight of a wedge of wild ducks i knelt in the very smallest form that nature would allow of and with one hand held a branch to keep the boat from surging plash they came down after two short turns as sudden as forked lightning heads down for a moment then heads up and wings flapping sousing and subsiding quacks began from the old drake first and then from the rest of the company and a racing after one another and a rapid gambolling under and between them all the river lost its smoothness beaten into ups and downs that sloped away in ridge and furrow these fine fellows as fat as butter after the barley stubble time carried on such joy and glory within twenty yards of me that i could not bring my gun to bear for quiet shot so as to settle for 
like an ancient gunner i bided my time being up to the tricks of most of them when their wild delight of water should begin to sate itself what would they do why gather in round the father of the family and bob their heads together this is the time to be sure of them especially with two barrels fired at once as i could easily manage i never felt sure of birds in my life i smelt them in the dripping pan and beheld myself quite basting them but all of a sudden up they flew when i had got three in a line and waited for two more to come into it just as the muzzle was true upon them up and away and left me nothing except to rub my eyes and swear i might have shot as they rose but something told me not to do so therefore i crept back in my little punt and waited in another moment i heard the swing of stout oars pulled with time and power such as i had not heard for years nor since myself was stroke of it of course i knew that this must be a boat of the british navy probably the captain's gig and choice young fellows rowing her and the tears sprang into my eyes at thought of all the times and things between and all the heavy falls of life since thus i clothed the waters all my heart went out towards her and i held my breath with longing as i looked between the branches of the dark and fluttering tree just to let them know that here was one who understood them End of chapter thirty